Are you ready to panic about the Cavs' loss to the Nuggets last night? Not. I'm not. In fact, I thought they'd lose that game last night. Ooh. Um, I thought, coming into it, I was like, and I watched the whole thing. Uh, I was supposed to go to it. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I was sick. Because of the Bee Gees. But, uh, the Bee Gees, yeah. So uh, a friend of mine got uh, got a couple free tickets, so good for them. So I thought that they'd lose the game. I didn't have a good feeling about it. Coming off the All-Star break, um, you know, the Cavs had won all those games before the break. Obviously lost the last one, but like the Nuggets are an excellent team. An excellent team. They're the, the best-ranked offense in the NBA. Um, obviously the Cavaliers have one of the best defenses in the NBA, so something had to give. I thought the Cavaliers played well. Uh it's just a little alarming, though, when the Cavs play good teams, if they don't have great nights from Garland and Mitchell, they're just not going to – it's an arms race, right? And if your your top guys can't perform or having an off night, it really puts you in a tough spot, and I think that's what happened to the Cavs last night, even though Evan Mobley played his ass off. Yeah, I just think they're too talented to be having this problem. And when I say talented, we know that they have a defensive ability that is, you know, one of the 10 best defenses in the NBA. That's not what I'm saying, Dusty. I'm saying offensively, they're too talented to basically, uh, seemingly, whether this is or, or is not, it, it sure seems like it's, uh, all right, we're going to roll the ball up the court and now it's Donovan's turn. And then, oh, wait, 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 now it's, uh, now it's Darius's turn. And I don't think it's because of selfishness. I don't want to make it seem like that. But they're too damn talented to have such a stagnant, just uh, crappy-looking offense late in games. It's it's unacceptable. T totally agree. And I, I don't know, like, what they're um, practicing, what they're coaching, what they're teaching. But, like, the offense, it does get stagnant, and that's the problem. Um, that's the problem with this team is, is the offense is too inconsistent. We know they're going to play hard, right? I mean, they're a fun team to watch. They are just tenacious on defense. I love the way the guys play. They have a great attitude about them. But I just don't know that you get into a seven-game series with a team like the Boston Celtics who on any given night can score 130 points just like the Nuggets can. I, I don't know if it's going to be enough. I mean, yeah, the defense is fantastic and it's terrific. You want to continue to do that. But can you score enough points? Yeah, I would also say, That's like, problem. you don't have to have the Golden State Warriors offensive system to, to have some creativity on the court. I mean, even last night when they did have creativity, the, the inbounds play that they drew up to get Donovan uh, some buckets... Um, mm -hmm. I understand why most nights that's going to be the inbounds play. That's how you're going to draw it up for Donovan. He's your best player. Uh, he was not your best player last night. Your best player last night was Evan Mobley. And whatever you did offensively for the first three quarters you completely abandoned in the fourth quarter and a way you could have gotten him going is giving Evan Mobley the ball designing the play for him I didn't even do that so it's it's not to me it's not just about the lack of offensive system that I found infuriating and it's not last night specifically it is this year it's not just the lack of system Dustin it's the lack of creativity with all the talent that you have offensively. It's right. as if JB only thinks about defense and everything else, oh, we'll just figure it out as we go. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And you look at the outside shooting last night, they were 6 of 26. I mean, that's tough. You're taking a ton of threes and you're hitting six three-pointers. You basically got nothing from your bench. Um, you got, what, 7, 12, 18 points from the bench against one of the best teams in, in basketball, I mean, it's just not going to get it done. So, 
now that we've gotten to that, I think we do have to address the people that come out when the Cavs lose. And it's not all the time, right? Oh, the recency bias? The haters? Oh, we I, we pulled up a, a couple clips from this morning's morning show. And usually, we'll, we'll pull something from Ken or Anthony or Ken and Anthony where they talk about something and you and I disagree with it. And then we'll disagree with yep. Ken and Anthony. This is not what's happening today. Today... And it wasn't just a caller. We have two callers. We're going to play for you. It was about six or seven callers that sounded outside of, 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 of common sense and outside of their mind. Because I saw last night, and I, I was like, you know what? Last night is proof that the offense between Donovan and Darius is a work in progress. That's as far as I think anybody in their right mind should go. That's not as far as our first caller went. Darren on the west side. You're next up on the fan. Hello, Darren. Ken, uh, I'm so, so disappointed in you, but I'm going to say what you want to say but can't say for whatever reason. What? This, Gar- this Garland-Mitchell <laughs> thing is not yielding the results. They haven't elevated and taken the step. People think the chemistry is bad. Jesus. Gar- are you Garland nuts? Are you not, what, what are you doing? The thing is, uh, Mitchell takes a lot of – he shoots too much and he takes bad shots. Garland's stats are empty. When it's crunch time, he fades, he folds. I've seen this on the road, especially. You watch it. This guy's box office, and I'm talking about Mitchell. He's box office, and I get the deal. They had to do the deal. They'll put fannies in the seats and all this other good stuff. But when it comes down to the meaningful games against the contenders, this team cannot beat them. I know they had to do that trade, and, I, and again, I get it, but I don't like what I see. I don't like the chemistry. It's non-existent. Is it? Is it the 14 games above 500 he doesn't like? Is it the top four is seed? It the, is, it the, is it the third best home record in NBA? Is it the 27 points per game by Donovan or the 21, uh, 22 points per game from Darius? Is, are those the things that we don't like? I just – and you know what? I'm going to play one more because I'm starting to get good and in, 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 in antsy in my pantsy over here. So there was another caller, and it was about Donovan Mitchell and the Donovan Mitchell trade. Chuck in Cleveland. Chuck, you're next up on the fan. Hello. Hey, yeah. Good morning, guy. Morning. I just don't understand why uh, Kobe Altman of the Cavs don't understand. You need a marksman, three-point shooter in your line, a starting lineup. I mean, it seems like every other team could get has a three-point shooter that's real consistent. Well, Chuck, and- Chuck, I think he understands that. How would he have gone about getting them with the lack of assets and their their, I mean, this, their cap situation? You had marketing. You get rid of the guys when you have them. I'd have still stuck to my guns, man. You just can't look. There's other guys out there besides Mitchell you could have got. You know, like I said, just hold your horses. Hold your guns. Just like the uh, Browns. They they jump too soon out here, man. Just get a three-point shooter in the lineup, starting lineup. That's consistent. Not shaky, you know, has three-point shooting sometime, and then next time he's over, you know, 12. Larry Markkinen is a career 36% three-point shooter. He happens to have a historical year this year for him, shooting 40%. That is an outlier that Larry Markkinen is. The only thing missing to really send me over the edge, Dustin, is Jeff Phelps saying they gave up too much for Donovan Mitchell, which I feel like, I don't know if they hit that marker, their their weekly Jeff Phelps quota on they gave up too much for, for Donovan Mitchell. Are we really <laughs> going to do this? I guess here's the thing. I didn't hear from any of those callers. Like yesterday, go, before that game, I didn't hear a single damn person doubt Donovan or Darius. But the second, and I, I, the only thing I can attribute it to, Dusty, is trolling. It's the only thing. Because the idea that the trade hasn't worked, 
They're 14 games above 500, and they yep. have a legitimate chance. Last year, guys, through 60 games, their success was, a, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but the, the context was completely different than it is now. You're getting most everybody in your conference's best game on any given night. Last night was a completely acceptable loss, all right? It's the same things that made you lose last night are the same things that made you lose three weeks ago, so that's a concern. But to come out here and say, well, this is proof we shouldn't have traded Donovan or for thirsting after Laurie Markkinen, get your head checked. Laurie Markkinen, I have never heard a more average-ass player in the NBA and miss me with his points per game. I've never heard a more average player in the NBA get as much love as Laurie Markkinen. If he's averaging 25 points a game right now because he's on a bad team. Somebody's got to score in that team. Congrats. You're the Colin Sexton of bigs, right? Your, your stats are hollow. They mean nothing. But this idea, this and, and again, it's selective bitching about Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland and the fit. Guys, the trade was never even about this year. The trade was about the next three to five years and opening up an honest-to-God championship window, which never, ever happens in small market basketball unless you draft LeBron friggin' James. So no, I mean, the, the Cavs took a chance, Dustin, and they took the right chance. And by the way, the trade is working. It's 100% working. They have a chance to be a three or four seed in the NBA playoffs. And if, you know, before they made this trade and they were going to rock with who they had, they were going to be a seven seed. Oh, if man. That, but, hey, I don't know. But the offense would be a lot more fun if we just had Larry Markinen and Oche Ogbaji and Colin Sexton in those three first back. Oh, God. How much do I miss Larry Markinen averaging 14 points a game last year? Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't score 25 here, put it that way. There's no chance. It's just crazy to me. And again, I need to point this out. Those people complaining about Donovan Mitchell and or Donovan and Darius together, when the when the Cavs are winning seven straight games, crickets. When the Cavs uh, go three and, five, or three and two in a five game, crickets. They lose one game and selectively – all of a sudden, the worry words come out. Cavs head coach J.B. Bickerstaff giving his thoughts on why the Cavs lost last night. If only somebody was in control, like was like a leader of the team, like not a player, <laughs> but like uh, you know, like instructor. Is that manager? No, like uh, somebody who was their job was to instruct the players. Someone like to like um, like almost teach the them. Like like like, like, uh, like a teacher. Like like a yeah, like a, a coach maybe. Yeah, like that. If only they had somebody like that. And I will be honest with you guys. I don't necessarily look at last night's game in a vacuum in and of itself and have a lot of reaction to a one-game loss. It's more why they lost that gets me a little bit irritated. And that's the word. I'm not panicking. I'm not I'm not going to – I feel like every time there's a bad loss or what people quantify as a bad loss, Dusty, they yeah. go, all right, I guess we got to go reset our expectations. It's the same reason why yesterday I said I can't expect them to be a top-four team just because they're a top-four team right now. Like, this season is so much of an evaluation of literally everybody from the Coach JB all the way down to the players. It's an evaluation season, and you got to let this thing play out. That being said, JB – Talking, uh, and, and he has a habit of this, of after the game, talking about the players and how they played as if he isn't involved in the process. And it's a little <laughs> weird to me, no? 
I I understand. It is weird. I mean, it's it's like he wants to, you know, take credit when things are going well, but then when things are you know not quite so well, it's like okay, what do we who do we blame? Who do we talk about? Like, it's it's a collaborative effort here, right? Yeah, and and you know, in in fairness, what I would say is like back at the State of the Union, he was talking the same way when he was like defending the Cavs, but he was still talking as if he wasn't an active participant and. You know, and at other points, he's kind of lowered the bar. The reality is, a lot of my frustration, I, I don't really have frustrations about Darius and Donovan because I think over time, you're going to see them, that uncertainty that they have, where mm-hmm. they kind of defer to going back and forth and playing ping pong on the shot. I think that's just because neither one of the one wants to be the guy to go to the other guy and say, hey, it's my night, let me have this. I'm feeling hot, let me take over the game. And Darius does, and I think it's because they're unselfish because they're actually good dudes. But they it, need somebody to probably kind of take that yep. that role on of hey, like like Kobe Bryant would, like I got this. Or you need a coach that has a system or or play calling creativity that naturally finds ways to break them out of that funk. Right. And you know, I I I think JB at least tried with the inbound pass or, or the inbound play. Last night that went to, to to Donovan, but like, all right, why is it just about the guards? Like, it's just it's so. I'm not panicking about where the Cavs are. The Cavs are ahead of where I think they are, but I also think they could be a lot farther ahead if there were just some basic. I'm going to use the word that has been co-opted for other things: guardrails in place offensively or basic rules if we, if we can't call it a system because everybody's going to be asking for like a golden state system this team doesn't fit that but you need you need basic guardrails in play of hey it's a close game it's late we're not making our shots how can we drum up some action cuz I'll be the other thing I don't see late in games I don't see a lot of screens or movement and I it's, think it's very stagnant late in games and that's concerning and you know why it is it's because I think the guys know the ball's not going to them and why is the ball not going to them? Because there isn't a system, and Darius and Donovan are are going back to what great mm-hmm. players do, which is I'm going to get the ball in ISO, and I'm going to try and score myself. You don't need to. You have three tremendously talented offensive players, albeit at different stages of their game, Dusty. But Mobley, Mitchell, and Garland are all tremendous offensive players. And even though they might not dovetail perfectly together, it doesn't mean you can't find a way to help engage all three of them. And it might be as simple as just getting the damn ball moving late in games. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's and that's what the Cavaliers have to find a way to do. Because I feel like when they play good teams, if they don't have a 10-point lead or whatever it may be late in games, and they're playing a good team, doesn't it feel like the final two minutes are just brutal? Like, they just yeah. can't find offense. There's turnovers. It's just kind of sloppy basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened last night. I mean, it, listen, it was a two-point game. Cavs were down two points with 240 to go. That was it. I mean, you're right there. And, and I, you find a way, and you end up losing by, what, five or six. And I think people have put so much onus on the fact they lost to the Nuggets. And and we, we've gotten to this rut of it's a, it's a game that you, you know, benchmark game or a measuring stick game. I don't care who they lose to. I care why they lose. Two one six five seven eight double oh nine two. We did have a couple callers in the morning show today. It was a lot of callers. It was like it was, you know, uh half of Akron that seemed to have called in. Like five hundred thousand people calling into the morning show. 
complaining about uh, Mitchell and, and Garland together. And it, mm-hmm. one caller going so far as to say it, it's been a disappointment or hasn't lived up to it. It's 60 games in, by the way. But let's go ahead and get to some of the reaction on this. Justin, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, how you two fine gentlemen doing today? Good, we buddy. are fine gentlemen. How are you, sir, you fine gentlemen? I'm doing good, but this Donovan Mitchell and Laurie Markkinen, they shouldn't have done that. It's getting on my nerves because when Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points, I don't remember anyone questioning the trade. I don't. you guys remember any questioning after he scored 70? Or He's the reason why we've been winning these games. We are. If we had Markkinen... I, I think we would have been the same as we were last year. I agree completely. And also, when did Laurie Markkinen become Dirk Nowitzki? Everyone just overrates <laughs> seven foot tall. And then, uh, hey, Dustin, I got a real quick question for you. This is this is it for me. I have, this is this is off topic a little bit. Okay. I have I think is a rookie football you in the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, it's from 2005. It's a Topps Chrome card. I need to get a signature on it. How would I go about that? Uh, you mean Dustin's question. signature or mine? You actually want my signature or you want Nick? I'm kidding. I want, uh, I want Dustin Fox's signature on it so I can send it off and get graded by PSA. Yeah, it, it'll be worth uh, 99 cents. Uh, I'll oh, sign it for you whenever I – I don't know if we're doing remotes anytime soon, but uh, I mean, you can always send it to me at the station. All right, thanks, Dustin. I appreciate you guys taking my call. You guys have a good rest of your day. You, got you it, too, you buddy. Got it, buddy. Um, if you'd like to just send in a piece of paper, I will also sign it. Um. And then you can have that graded, which would be worth nothing. <laughs> You'll just lose the postage sending it in. Oh, the uh, postage costs more than the card's worth. Oh, yeah. Well, not your card. Come on. Your card. With the card craze going on right now, I bet your card's worth a dollar. And you had a signature it's, to it? It's worth a dollar. Like, I mean, if you go on eBay right now, you could probably find a signed one for, uh, you know, maybe a buck ninety nine. Keith, can we get you on that to see if you can uh, find some? We something? had an update anchor here bringing a card for Dustin to sign. Right. We did. Who was that? Are we allowed to say names? Yes, they're still they still are employed here. Was that Mitch? Well, I guess Nick doesn't have to guess. Yeah, it's, it was Mitch. Oh, all right. Is it bad that the first thought I had was Jeff Thomas? Because he's Mister uh, eBay, that, Jeff Thomas. That's all I'll say. But he's Mister eBay. <laughs> Frank, welcome to the show, Frank. What you got for us? Hey, can you hear me, my guy? Yeah, absolutely, What's buddy. What's up, my guy? Man, I'll tell you, I'm a real Cavs fan. I'm a real LeBron fan. I'm grateful for the 2016 championship. And sometimes the, the sports fans in this city can just be ungrateful. I mean, this guy just gave us 71 points. We're on pace to win, like, 50 games. I mean, can we just kind of appreciate that for two seconds? I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think... It's funny how because Donovan's come in and, you know, the first 50, 45 games he played like an NBA MVP candidate, he's come back down to earth because of the injury and everything else. But because he was so good, it's like people went, uh, some people, I don't want to say people, that's too generic. Some people went from, well, we don't have any expectations, let's, you know, it's going to take a while to all of a sudden, now they've got to win an NBA title this year. And uh-huh. if they're not on pace, all of a sudden, it's any game that they lose means they're not on that pace and break up the Cavs because this whole thing sucks. And they're just trying to jump line on this, and you can't do that. This, whether it's because they're undersized point guards, that's not really it. It's because you've got two exceptionally young NBA superstars potentially in the future. Right. And Garland and Mobley, and they're still working towards who they're going to be playing next to one of the 10 best players in the NBA. And listen to this. Like you fellas are saying, you know, it 
they have, to me, it seems Mitchell and Garland have a natural chemistry, and they're good guys. They're humble guys. And look at Milwaukee in 2020, the championship run. It took them a long time with two humble guys, Middleton and Giannis, to establish who is the closer in the last few minutes. And they established it. They figured it out. They won a championship. It takes time to figure out who is your closer late in games. The Cavs are figuring that out. You know what I mean? And I think we're doing it just fine. I love Mitchell. The idea we should have kept marking in, it, it makes no sense to me. I appreciate Mitchell. I'm glad he's here, and thanks for taking my call. We appreciate you, Frank. Uh, Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Uh, Mike McKinley on Twitter saying that uh, he has a Chinese takeout menu from 1997. He would like me to sign. Uh, any any uh, Summit County folks, if you have a um, AWOC menu... Um, from down down A-walk yonder is terrible. I will fight you on Route 18 in Medina County. How dare? Well, okay, Summit oh, County it's not too. Terrible. It's just not as good as Imperial Walk. Right, well, listen. Not every take you have can be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I just the thing, and I, I, you know, right after you left yesterday, feeling under the weather, I did like an hour on how. One, I didn't really consider last night uh, a measuring stick game because, to me, the only measuring stick games left are playoff games. Because the reality is there are so many different things and factors that go into an individual regular season NBA game coming off the All-Star break. Who's playing? Who's not playing? Um, You know, where guys were yesterday coming off the All-Star break. And is it the second half of back-to-back? There's so many things that happen the regular season that are non-applicable to postseason games that I think you have to ask yourself, have have the Cavs passed every test that you set out for them to, to pass before the regular season? And for me, it's a yes. So I could care less that they – I couldn't care less that – they lost to the Denver Nuggets last night. For me, it's more about why they lost. And I feel like people are getting it twisted. And this is why yesterday I went on like an hour-long rant of how mm-hmm. let's not overdo it with the expectations. Let, let, let's let this thing happen organically and try and enjoy it as best we can. Well, that's what we're trying to do. The, the problem is we've got fans that overreact on a daily basis to everything you see. And it's a regular season game. we got 82 of these stinking things. It's like... Can we just enjoy the ride? I mean, the team's good. Well, and ever like you know, I've I've heard people. Well, they don't beat, they don't they don't have uh, good wins. Well, the the wins against Dude, Boston if, early if, in the Nick, season would beg if a difference. If LeBron James were on this team right now, no one would be having a concern at all. Well, actually, I think the panic, the hype and panic, would be even more bipolar. Because I mean, if the Cavaliers were, had dear, uh, nearly forty wins. And LeBron were on this team, and they just lost to the Nuggets last night by six points. No one's panicking today. Well, and to, so actually, to build on what you're saying, because I do agree. After you kind of re- rephrased or re- reset it there, um, I just don't think, and I, I I think it's fair to say, all right, there's some real concerns here, and I think that's different than panic after a loss or raise a banner after a win. And I feel like, and I don't mean to say most fans, but I do feel like there's a segment of Cavs fans that are doing just that. And, you know, when I say measuring stick games left during the playoffs, because, one, 62 games or whatever it is, 60 games, 62 games that they played, that's enough basketball to already kind of tell who you are. Right. And 
Everything else we need to figure out, which is how playoff ready they are, we're not really going to know until, you know, April. So you mentioned enjoy the ride. I think it's okay to take away and say, well, that late game offense still isn't great. Well, why isn't JB stepping in here? And why don't we have more of a fluid plan offensively? Or, you know, are we so committed to defense that when it falls apart, we don't, we all of a sudden lose our ability to score offensively? Like, I think there's a lot of things that we can say are questions. There's a difference between questions and this thing isn't working and, and panic to me is, is I, I think the bigger point here. Let me get to Eric. Eric, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Doing well, buddy. What, what you got? Um, so I, I have some concerns about JB late game. Like last night, for instance, he, he didn't challenge anything. He didn't even use his timeout to my knowledge, really. Like uh, he let, I remember there was one possession. He let like 30 seconds run off the clock. Didn't foul. I have some concerns about that, but like, as far as the Mitchell trade as a whole, I think, I think that's nonsense. Like Mitchell's defense last night was insane for as bad as his offense was which wasn't terrible, but he didn't have the best night. His defense was really good. Like, when they doubled down on Njoku, or I can't even – Joker. <laughs> I, whatever his name is. Nikola Jokic. Um, they doubled down on him, and they'd, they'd poke at the ball, and they'd get a steal or whatever else. I, I thought that was great. And then the last three minutes, everything just fell apart. And to me, I don't know who else you point at, but, but JB. Eric, I think that's a great point. And and I don't I'm I'm not trying to restart the JB job conversation, but I think we we right now everybody's looking at it and saying everything we're saying about Garland and Mitchell being ahead of schedule they're uh, they're applying to JB. I'm not judging JB off of solely how many wins and losses do you have and what do you do in the playoffs. That's a big part of it. I think the other part of it is. Are you doing enough as a coach to help Donovan, Darius, and Evan come together offensively late in games? And I think through 62 games, I think that's the biggest question mark. Because to me, whether JB's the guy, that has to be decided this year. You can't have that bleed into next year because it's so very rare in the NBA you know, we got spoiled by Ty Lue. I know Nate McMillan had a great run as an interim coach a couple of years ago in the bubble, but that's the anomaly. It's very rare that you get into a second year, a second year with a guy mm-hmm. with with a with a team like this. I'm, I know it's more than two years, uh, but you have a second year of doubt. All of a sudden, something happens with him, and now you got to find a, a coach to help you get over the hump midseason. You can't have that. You, you and by the way, you can't afford to waste two years on JB. So JB's got to figure it out now, absolutely J- right you think now. JB is coaching for his job for the season. I mean, I, like, yeah, not just the regular season, but I'm saying when, once we get to the postseason, if because expectations have changed. If Donovan Mitchell were not on this team, I don't think people would be this hard on JB JB Bickerstaff. I agree. Yep, and I think you'd be looking more at Kobe Altman in the roster mm-hmm. and saying, okay, are these guys taking those next steps. I don't think it'd be on Bickerstaff because all of us, like last year. When the Cavaliers overachieved, especially the early part of the season, and then made made their way to the, the play in tournament, everyone's like, "Man, JB did a hell of a job with this team." And in fairness, JB's job got tougher when they traded for Donovan. But the second uh, they traded for Donovan, it absolutely his job. I don't want to say his job it, got tougher, but it also got easier. Well, and I also think, and not tell that me, he's Nick, on. Tell notice. me a coach that wouldn't love to have a 
an extra all-star on their team. They wouldn't love to have Donovan Darius, uh, Jared <laughs> Allen, and Evan Mobley. Like, oh, gosh, like please no. guys who on any given year could be all-stars. But I also think the second they made that trade is when he was put, not put on notice in a negative way, but all right, this is your year to prove you belong with these guys. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. Uh, do you change your expectations from game to game with this Cavs team? We got more on this and uh, coffee cup shenanigans that make me feel like an ass clown. Next on ninety two three, the fan. Hey guys, Nick Wilson. I would like to point out, Dusty. For mm-hmm. as much as we're saying, well, I don't like to get too high, too low with the Cavs. It does feel like the only time that people really get hot about the Cavs is when they lose. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's one hundred percent accurate. And. I don't know if that's I, I don't know if it's just that the hype is always there, so anything that makes you panic all of a sudden that stands out. Mm-hmm. But I ju- I just think it's really really interesting that like if you try and say like when we're talking Cavs, if they're winning and you bring up something that's a question or what people perceive to be negative, it's it's crickets. But when they've lost, the second you try and say, well, maybe this guy isn't falling. All of a sudden, it's like a battle. It's it's the Thunderdome. That's uh, that's fairly accurate. The fact that the morning show we're getting those calls about the Donovan Mitchell trade just makes me just insane because it's one game, and the guy scored twenty two points last night. I just that, I, I'm still a little triggered on this, but let's go with Wango. Wango, welcome oh, to the show. Wango. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, man? <laughs> Doing all right, buddy. <laughs> okay. So my issue is that you guys are speaking on trying, you know, not giving – I think you're not giving Bickerstaff really a, a fair shake here. Well, how long's a I fair shake? You, it's one season. Well, that's a fair shake for – one season the NBA is an eternity, Wango. That's true. But you got to remember that this is one of the youngest teams in in NFL. I mean, NBA, I'm sorry. The NFL, too, though. Uh, uh, we Donovan Mitchell is the oldest starter at 26. If any, if any blame would go around, the blame would go to the uh, to the uh, management. How so? But you think about you got rid of marketing and we got him for marketing, but you have to think that we did not replace that shooter. And if you looked at that team last night and you saw how we lost, and that's what we lost: Jamal Murray, uh, Pope. These guys were hitting the shots that that is the one position that we are missing. So what he's doing, and we had nobody to score. Yeah, I mean, I, I – At the guard uh, position. Real quick, your, your phone broke up there, buddy. So we appreciate the call, Wango. Um, I, I, people keep harping on the shooting thing, and I understand. Like, we live in the era of Golden State. I do understand the shooting conversation that we have to have, and the Cavs don't have enough shooting. All of that is fair. But we're saying that because he traded for Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> the Cavs do have enough scoring. They might not have the shooting you need, and and certainly you could use a couple more shooters out there, and hopefully Danny Green can be one of those guys eventually, and Dean Wade can maybe get better looks or whatever. Like you, you got a couple guys who might be able to be that. Maybe, maybe it's time to give Dylan Windler a run if he can stay healthy. But you have the better problem. You'd rather I need a couple shooters that you can find three and D type players on the uh, buyout market or in free agency uh, that you maybe get like role players than I need superstar level talents. You already have the superstar level talents, and again, Rome wasn't built in a day. Ni- neither were the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I do have to I have to own up to something, Dusty. Today, okay. Um, 
I decided when I was leaving for work that I like the the visual gag of my Big Daddy coffee mug, which people can see at Nick Wilson says on on Twitter, because it's it's the biggest cup known to man. It it holds like three cups of coffee. Well, I saw the cup, and, uh-huh. and I'm wondering. Uh huh. You're taking the coffee to go. Yep, in my truck. In, the, in, the, in your truck, and you got this huge mug. Uh-huh. It's got no lid. It looks like a perfect mug to sit at home, read the newspaper in the morning, mm-hmm. sip on your coffee. Yep. All's calm and well. Yep. When you're going on the road, man, it's a road game. Like mm-hmm. you got to get yourself a Yeti or something. It's got like a cup it, with with a with a with a lid. You are not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. I just specific to today. One, I couldn't find the ones that I do have. Because uh, the women in my family just move everything. I don't know where half the things that I actually own are because every woman I've ever been related to, or in this case with Vanessa married to, have just, they're like, oh, hey, that's Nick's. I should move that somewhere where he can't find it. I don't know that that's the actual logic, but my mom did it. My grandmother did it. Uh, all my grandmothers have done it. My daughters now do it. So I couldn't find it. But I just really like the optical gag. It's a com- it's a comedically large cup of coffee. Problem is, I got about five minutes down the road, and your boy got you, you, I got an instance of coffee crotch because because <laughs> I hit one of those great Northeast Ohio pot marks that I've had four years of missing or four winters of missing after living in Charlotte for four years, and this thing bucked up. And just went, I mean, half of the three cups of coffee that go into this went all over my nethers and all over the steering. Oh, Nikki. I saw the, the second picture. Did it, it got all over you too? Oh, yeah. My, my, my boys are coffee flavored right now. <laughs> oh, Nicholas. Was it hot coffee? It was very hot coffee. They might be coffee-flavored and scalded. Oh, man. The coffee's not the only thing that's roasted. Not good, buddy. Uh, so, yeah. It started out as, oh, this is really funny, and now the joke is now officially on me. Yeah, not good, buddy boy. These things happen. John, real quick, buddy, what you got for us? Hello, John? John? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, my, my opinion is right team, wrong coach. We're getting killed at the three-point line. I understand you you playing the illegal defense in the paint. We have two shot blockers in Mobley and, and Allen. We don't need to, to clog the paint all the time. You're leaving everybody open on the three-point line. Um, we, my, my opinion, we could have won that game last night if you would have kept going to the hole like Mobley was going to the hole. Even LeVert went to the hole. He had good success. I mean, they do but, fall in love, John. They do fall in love with the, with the collapse out to the three-point line. But, I mean, there are more times than not where both bigs are switching and both bigs are comfortable getting out closer to the three-point line. I don't think defense is their problem. I think it's offense. And that that's where I agree that it might be a good coach, wrong fit. And I, I don't know that definitively. I'm just saying offensively, JB, what he's doing offensively, I don't think is making up for what he's doing defensively, even though it's very, very impressive.